Welcome back to the With Joe Eby podcast. We're asking today, what are Naval Ravikant's four kinds of luck and how can you automate luck so that it finds you? Uh, Luke, fascinating point, again, from his How to Get Rich series. So there are four types, right? The first is blind luck, which is pretty self-explanatory, I'm assuming. The second is persistence, which stirs things up. For example, the guy that just asks every girl he sees out without any great tactic behind it, one is bound to say yes, I guess. Um, Or maybe cold calling. Cold calling people who are not interested in what you're offering. Complete, just persistence. Number three, you're moving up a bit of a hierarchy here, is good at spotting luck. For example, watching a certain field, like as an investor, like someone who's gone deep into crypto or someone who specializes in looking at certain types of stocks. That's, again, more intentional form of luck. And then, sorry, the fourth and ultimate level, this kind of luck is where you build a unique character, brand, and mindset where luck finds you. And I think idea number four is so underrated. Um, as, as was the case where I'm packing Nassim Taleb, these higher-order concepts, like they're unfortunately exclusive because it's more difficult for people to understand them. They're not as intuitive, but they're so much more valuable than the things people normally focus on, try and improve at. Uh, but if you're conscious about this, and I think this is the point Naval's making, you can go very, very far, do a whole, whole lot. So he has examples around that of, um, I think he mentions like Joe Rogan, Oprah, they're people whose whose specific name is valuable. Like Kim Kardashian, she puts her name on something and it's worth X amount just because she's attached. David Beckham, right? These people have kind of, that's an example of individuals who have kind of created that. I don't know if it makes sense at this point. So I want to talk about the fourth kind. I'll give another couple of examples uh, I thought of. Um, Like very relatable one is I would say Byron, Byron Dempsey, like host of Driven Young. So because he started his podcast, we had a mutual friend, Andrew Reese, and I've mentioned this story before. I told Andrew I was working on starting on 18 and Lost, the book. And, uh, you know, do you know anyone who'd be interested in looking for some authors to do it? And obviously because Byron already started his work in education, Andrew's like, oh, Byron and Joe would probably, you know, connect there. And so... He introduced me to Byron. Byron became part of the book, right? And then also I went to Byron for another idea, you know, another idea we talked about later where, it was, you know, like an idea for an alternative education thing, which, you know, he's now running, uh, the Driven Young program. So it's just like a very simple, like, example of crafting a certain image, right, in Byron's example, like alternative education. Then there's a certain level of things that can find you. Whereas a lot of other people would have been excluded from that opportunity, even though I know them, because they haven't, they're not really crafting it, and probably they're just not interested in it, of course. But not crafting a narrative that others can see that attracts that sort of opportunity towards them. Um, you know, for example, a much simpler example when Scott was at uni, he got approached by his uni to run a subject. All right? Now, if you look at th- that story, is that just lucky? But if you go start going to the specifics, you probably see what Naval's talking about here about this higher form of luck. Where Scott wasn't just like any other student in that cohort. He was, you know, working on the nonprofit with myself and Nick, which, you know, people at the university were aware of. 
He'd also already like kind of expressed concerns about some of the experiences fellow students were happening, uh, having number two. So that, uh, you know, that uh, level of, I guess, uh, intentionality got the, the, the university stuff like, oh, you should probably come to some of our meetings then. And maybe you'd become a tutor, right? If you're interested in working on this and being in some of these conversations. So that's what gets him a seat at the table to be in the inner ring of consideration. Not knowing what's coming, of course, that's those things kind of combine well for him to get that opportunity. So that's the example of like doing some certain things to help luck find you. Whereas the yeah, those those lower tier levels, you can still benefit from that type of luck, but it's much less intentional, so it's much more spray and pray. All right. So when I was in real estate, everyone kept telling me you should be going knocking on doors. You should be going knocking on doors. That's how you drum up real estate business. And obviously, yes, you can do it that way, but the problem becomes that it's so much it's so much spray and pray. It's not targeted, it's not the most efficient thing you could be doing. In the same way you can you can post whatever you want. We've been talking about this, you know, Luke, this week about podcasting and using social media, right? Like you can post all these clips on Instagram and LinkedIn all the time, but if they don't actually fit the um, if they don't actually fit the medium you're just posting for the sake of it, you're probably diluting things. And you assume you're wanting some sort of outcome. You want people to find the podcast or stuff like that. It's probably like a, a poorer bet than some more targeted things you could be doing. Mm. But eventually what they're talking about here is much more than putting things out there all the time, but much more about crafting something that creates an attraction pull to you. you know, for, for example, I guess looking at myself, 18 and Lost as a book, right, um, is a good attraction of certain things to me, like young people, other like-minded people in education. Um, you know, that could lead to anything. Maybe someone wants to talk to me on a podcast. Maybe someone wants to collaborate on a project. Maybe they want help launching a similar book. Um, that'd be great to know about. And that there might be opportunities involved. Might be That might be meaningful for me to find out about and get involved with. You know, constant students, another example, right? So you create, you know, I guess the podcast, it all fits together what I'm doing. It's all on theme. Um, sometimes when you think about people managing multiple projects, they want to know how you do multiple projects. One of the answers for me is that they are interrelated. So it, you know, builds this body of work that reflects a certain image and can attract things. Uh, so you know, that's, I don't know, that's, that's a personal example of applying this principle. You know, you're a good example right now because you're just early, right? You've just started your podcast with the Chiefs, with our good friend Dom, which is about yep. running. But so you, you think about that and, and even Dom has already been more public before the podcast launched about his, he does a bit of social media and stuff about his running and his journey, 30 under 30 and stuff like that. And so you think about over time how that attracts a certain opportunity to you, mm. right? To the extent that you craft it. So it's very interesting for young people, the advantage of doing things like the two simplest examples are writing online and sharing it in somewhere that makes sense for your writing to be shared. It might be LinkedIn. Uh, it might be, I don't know, in pockets like Reddit. Or, or something like that, or podcasts, right? Podcasts are pretty advantageous, even if you don't get the million listeners. 
there are a lot of connections you can build, a lot of ways you can signal to the universe that you're interested in certain things and people can seek you out. Like, you know, I approach a lot of podcasts when I'm launching the book and a lot of others do too. So it's a way to kind of attract certain things to you in your industry. Um, yeah, I don't know. That probably didn't cross your mind when you started the podcast. But do you think of any other examples? And does and does this point make sense? Mm, yeah, I think, I think a specific example actually is obviously Dom and I were very passionate about running and we never really considered doing a podcast until it was prompted but doing the podcast is very related to our other goal of being a faster runner so <laughs> yeah <laughs> even the first two even the first two episodes when we had nico on the show and when we've just had patty on the show we we learned heaps more about running just by interview, interviewing them um and it ties in perfectly and then there's obviously all the other benefits so I think that ties back into what you were saying with the doing things that are more targeted and more related to each other. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, over time, some of the things that happen is you, you know, reaching out to all these different people. If you keep doing guests, you do 50 episodes and 40 of them have guests. You've now got touch points with these 40 different people mm. that you might not otherwise have. And then there's like, well, what sort of knowledge have you developed by talking to those 40 people as well? Like you're improving yourself as a runner, but you're also developing that. So, you know, the next thing I think about, all right, you've interviewed these 40 people or maybe 100 people. You know, is there is there a book like the top, I don't know, the um, you know, <laughs> top 100 people's thought, thoughts on running or whatever? Not, it wouldn't be like that. that that'd be terrible, but... It does become something that you could also, as a body of work, it then is it serves as a platform for probably a whole set of other doors that mm. are not accessible to people at the start of that journey, people who are a step behind you, if that makes sense. Like Joe yeah. Rogan can now command like anyone in the world a conversation with them almost because the position he's carved in podcasting. So you guys are in a position to you know build a body of work. You might be able to attract any runner in the world. Or any celebrity at some point who's interested in, in running. Now, I don't know if that's valuable just because they're a celebrity. But these are the interesting things to think about that are a bit higher order. And I think Naval gives a pretty good prompt that there's a lot of value to thinking this way and stretching those sort of thinking muscles. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so awesome. So a uh, quick reminder to head to the show notes for there's a full blog post with all this by the way everything we go through in these there'll probably be like 16 episodes on naval i think he's a bit of a behemoth and um but also the newsletter which has like the top five kind of points of the last week and a summary of that so just remember that those resources are available in the description but we'll be back again tomorrow and talk about naval's four steps to unlock an exponential career